0: Now entering nerdist.com. Have you actually read the book She Comes First by Dr. Ian Kerner? I've mentioned that book maybe the most on this podcast. Uh, in all the episodes I have meant I can't think of any book I've mentioned more than that book. She Comes First is a book that I am Often thanked about uh, talking and recommending it to people. It's all about how to pleasure women. I, I think it's a genius book, and really, if, if you're interested in learning more about your own body or pleasuring someone else's body, it's a great book to check out. Um, and this week's episode is sponsored by Audible.com. I assume, since we are talking in podcast format here, that you might be a little bit of an audiophile. Hmm? A little bit, a little bit. Um, So, Audible.com is this week's sponsor. It's a leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. It is a consumer service that allows users to choose the audio versions of their favorite books with a library of over 150,000 titles. Users can purchase individual books or, for real savings, can sign up for the Audible Listener Program, which gives them book credits each month for a low monthly fee. Customers download their choices and can access them on their PC, burn them onto CDs, or upload them to iPods or MP3 devices, whatever you feel like doing. Quick, easy, fun, and affordable entertainment for people of all ages – over 18, if you're listening to this show. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. And you can get She Comes First free right now. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash Sandra, S-A-N-D-R-A, just go there and sign up for a 30-day trial and you get a free audiobook. It's really, like, you win. Like, this is all winning, all over the place, all winning. So go to www.audiblepodcast.com backslash Sandra and uh, you get good stuff. And hey, knowledge, entertaining
1: knowledge,
0: for fun, in your ears, and in your bedroom. Ooh, I liked that. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Thank you for tuning in to the sex prep body image episode. This is some important action right here up in this earbud situation. Um, thank you for tuning in. I realize this isn't necessarily um, something that's at the forefront of people's minds, but the conversation has been uh, happening in the media. Um, that whole Louis CK uh, thing that came up with the uh, so did the fat lady uh, episode Um if you haven't seen it, I mean, Louis CK is doing amazing stuff, and it was a lot of voicing the issues of women who are outside the sexy norm of what society tells us we're supposed to find attractive, which is not necessarily accurate for what everybody finds attractive, um, but I, I want to talk about the feeling of being in your body when you don't like it. Um, and uh, two things kind of came up for me recently that I that inspired me to take on this topic. One being that I've heard enough men talk about having sex with a woman, looking down at the point where their penises enter their partner's body because it's sexy, and the woman freaking out and thinking that they're judging their body. Um that projection, that feeling like when people see you, that they're seeing what's wrong with you instead of the things that they're actually enjoying about you. Um, I I just, I find that fascinating that that is an in the bedroom sex situation that has come up um, enough that we need to address this. What's going on there? Um, Also, I recently spent a good half an hour with a woman who let me know, and she was just sharing... Things that she'd never shared and she's been struggling for almost 20 years with her husband. She's gained weight during her marriage and her husband, he'll come during sex. She has a hard time and he blames her weight and that was, she told me that within the first five minutes, I started asking her questions about her sexuality, her, what she finds sexy, what turns her on, what makes her calm, their relationship in the bedroom. There was nothing about her body weight, keeping her from enjoying sex. It was all about the relationship and the fact that her partner was, um, just had this preconceived notion about what it means to be a heavy person during sex. So those two things combined, I just was like, it's time we need to talk about this. It's very important. A few things before we get into our two segments today. One, um, you know, those when people say, do what you love, you know, follow your passion. Um, I've wanted to be a sex educator since before our puberty. I mean, I've loved, I love what I do, but I do like 20 different things. I'm all over the place doing so many things. And I just, I've started thinking recently about what I love to do. Like, what is the thing? I mean, I love speaking at colleges. I love talking to people one-on-one. Um in whatever form it takes, I love speaking in front of groups. That is, that is, that is the heart of what really makes me happy. And many of you tell me that I make you laugh and that's great, but I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't think of myself a comedian as a comedian, but I realize that, that laughter is a huge part of talking to people about sex, especially. Um so having told you that if you know anyone in the Los Angeles area or who anyone who'd like to fly me out um for bachelorette parties um birthday parties a lot of groups of women like to bring me in um I would love to be teaching more workshops just period I love it I just love it I can't I can't even handle how much I love it ah ah this good okay so there's that um also thank you to everyone who tuned in to my Google Hangout we had, I had a couple of them this past week I announced them on Twitter we had a lot of fun. It was a little confusing, and I've decided that what I would like to do in future Google Hangouts, since you can tune in and type questions in the sidebar, um, I would like to actually talk to people. So if you have Google plugin capabilities and have a webcam or at least have a microphone and you want to talk to me about something that's been bothering you, or uh, questions that you have, I would like to spend 10 or 15 minutes uh, during a Google Hangout talking to you. Email me with Google Hangout and, and the body what it is that's, that you want to figure out, because I love being your Nancy Drew. I do. I, um, I love it, and I would like to do it more um, where the world can tune in and check it out, too, because if you're dealing with it, a lot of other people are probably dealing with it. Okay, thank you for listening. Let's do this thing. I'm kind of processing my own feelings still about this.
2: Yeah, and it's kind of, I mean, its um, I'm already finding it interesting in that it's so different than the interviews we've done in the past because this is a very sensitive, like I'm already like, feel that thing in my chest, so it's like it's a very triggering subject. There's emotions, whereas when we've talked about things on your show in the past, it was fun and I could I could just put it out there and I didn't have to... You know, I I don't know. Uh, you know, like really, this, uh, this of all things. Th- this? I mean, what do you mean, this of well, all things? I, don't know. I guess.
0: I guess it's also a difference in I mean, our relationship to our bodies. But let me start, mm-hmm. and then I kind of want to hear more about that. But I'm just going to say a few things. Okay, you okay? I'm having feelings. That's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, go on. Good. I have feelings. <laughs> I'm, uh hey everybody um hey welcome to the body image episode this is an episode that um is wrestling with the idea with the struggle with what do you do when you find your body disgusting like what do you do when there's just you look at your body you feel your body and there's something wrong with it you just know there is is there anything we can do about that it's I find an important subject, and um, I have with me my friend Elaine. Hi, Elaine.
2: Hi, Sandra.
0: From such episodes as... God, there was a... Girl Next Door. The Girl Next Door episode from way back. And recently, no, you were on a really good one where you opened it up. Cheating! <laughs> That's right. You were my cheating person. That was yeah. juicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a uh, naughty girl. Um, so... You just mentioned that you're having feelings. I thought, I yeah, thought of you
2: as a cheating person, but okay, go on.
0: No, no, no. But <laughs> you're, the way you're talking, the, you were
2: in the past, there, there have been cheating episodes. Yes.
0: that You were being honest about it. I mean, yes.
2: You know, I, Okay.
0: most of my friends, I could, they could talk about stuff, but you are more honest about some deeper stuff than a lot of people. So that's why I come to you Okay. because I'm like, Elaine, will break it down. Um, feelings. Um, I'm going to disclose some information about you Mm. that I know Mm. and I'll edit it out if you want me to, I mean, you know, just tell me, but Mm. I figure I'll just, so I know from our long friendship Mm. that you've had several nose drops Mm -hmm. and that, um, you have used the word body dysmorphic, the phrase body dysmorphic to describe your experience, Um, I am talking to Lady Cheeky, a friend of mine who uh, teaches a big, beautiful sex class all about self image and and, send your body image. Um, so we're going to be listening to her later in the episode, but I kind of, she talks more about like how to right the wrongs of, of negative body image, but I kind of want to delve into the feeling of feeling weird in your body. But coming from that background, when you hear things like, Oh, just Elaine, just look in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful. I mean, what comes to mind?
2: Well, you want to punch someone in the face. <laughs> it's the first thing that comes to mind. Because there's really nothing more annoying than when you're in it and you're really feeling like your deepest, darkest feelings, and someone comes along, and the best they can do is put a positive, try to put a positive spin on it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a time and a place for positivity, but you know, when when someone's really in it, that that kind of it, it's. It's just not helpful, you know, mm-hmm. um, because getting to a place of thinking you're beautiful or loving your body from, you know, where I have been, you know, is is kind of going to be a lifelong journey that I'm finally on. But I don't think in this lifetime, I don't think, you know, right now I work on um, being Taking, taking better care of my body, mm. being gentler with my body, definitely, and, and trying to get into my body, you know, get in touch with my body because I've so repelled it, you know, and gone into my head as a result that I've completely been shut off from my body. Like almost numb? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't associate it with a numb feeling. I mean I just yes. it, yeah I mean it is numbing in that like body dysmorphia is a lot like you know addiction or you know or any kind of OCD thing where you're uncomfortable with your feeling with what you're feeling you're feeling negative things that you don't know how to deal with so you do things to get away from that so what I learned to do was to go into my head and obsess and try to fix what I didn't like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so it is—it is sort of a numbing. It's numbing of your feelings, sure.
0: What is body dysmorphia? We were doing a little Wikipedia, or well, not Wikipedia, but your. Can
2: I can your, I read that, yeah. that first? Uh, so um, this is from the website, uh, sort of in my own words, but this is from the website of Ari Winograd, a uh, specialist in um, Beverly Hills or Westwood, actually who was um back in uh, I think it was like 2004 or 2005 when I ended up a psychiatrist who referred me to this guy but he was like sort of the main guy who was because it hasn't been labeled for very long um and he was one of the first guys who was really kind of doing a lot of research on it so anyway it's an obsessive compulsive spectrum disorder involving preoccupation with appearance Um, the BDD person experiences excessive shame, anxiety, and depression related to specific areas of their body. And those areas will shift over time. Like they'll move from part to part. Um, they estimate it's one to 2% of the population. Um, so there's common areas that people obsess over common body parts. Like what? Um, complexion, skin tone, scars, nose, hair thickness, hairline teeth facial symmetry size of eyes symmetry is a very big thing um there was a book i read on this like i can't think of the name of the book um but symmetry seems to be a very common theme with uh, BGD people. And then there's ritualistic, repetitive behaviors to check, hide, or fix what they perceive as flaws um, mirror checking, grooming, skin picking, cosmetic and surgical procedures, comparing your body with others, camouflaging your body, hiding certain parts of your bodies, or just avoiding social situations altogether so people don't see. And it's important to note that other people don't usually see what the BDD person sees in themselves. Is it annoying when they're like, but you're beautiful. It's really annoying. <laughs> it's really, I it, mean, it got to the point where I was trying to, cult- once I had an understanding of this, I was trying to conv- cultivate a, a different source of beauty. I was trying to go inside and and cultivate my education, my mind, my spirituality. So I didn't even want to talk about beauty. I was just like I just let not even go there. You know, people will compliment me like, yeah, that's great, but I don't really want to be pretty. I just I just I don't want to, like I'd rather you not even look at me. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely. No, um in the feeling of disgust. I mean, I I that's the word I'm using because that's what I recognize when people would kind of just are like repelled by their own bodies it's and and so much of it is learned like i remember the first time that i heard that cellulite was bad mm-hmm. and i didn't even know what cellulite was and then i learned what cellulite was and then i learned that i did not want to have cellulite and that people would be repulsed by me if i ever did develop cellulite and this was maybe in like my preteens um and in recent years i'm like oh look i can see a little bit of cellulite and so it's like well I guess this is the part where I hate my thighs now. Like, it's like, is this, and I didn't really want to hate my thighs, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It was just weird to, that I remember learning to hate myself once you I had cellulite. You remember
2: like consciously being aware of the fact that, oh, wow, I have cellulite and I'm not, I can't like, that. like.
0: Just that, like, um, yeah, because I remember not knowing what cellulite was or even being aware or caring that it exists in the world. Like it just, I remember before cellulite was a thing and suddenly all the magazines wanted to talk about cellulite and how horrible it was. I don't know. I just, I remember it. So it was kind of an intellectual observation. Like I wasn't disgusted, but I knew that other people might be repulsed by my body because I, I suddenly had some, um, or I see it with pubic hair I don't know how you feel about it, Elaine, but like, I'll get asked about what do I do with my pubic hair? Like I'm starting to date again. I just went through a divorce or like, I just, I haven't been on the scene for a while. What do I do with it? (laughs) Because especially for women's bodies, not only are you not like, is not only is it just like, Ooh, I'm excited by like a shaved or waxed vag area. Mm -hmm. Suddenly if you're, if you don't do something extreme with hair removal, you are disgusting. To, right. To or anyone. dirty or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess it's just, I mean, what was it, like one to 2%? You said that people have dysmorphia. Yeah. So it's not like, so what about everybody who just hates their body?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the difference is, you know, the, the, the person with body dysmorphia is it's, it's, it in, interferes with their life. It's, okay. it's interfering with their ability to function. Mm-hmm. So like I've, like my, I've had body images, body image issues since I can remember, you know, I don't know, since, since as early as like 10 or 12, I'm sure. But I don't think I would define it as, as just body dysmorphia. Um, until it was like my, you know, until around 30 and those first few years in my early thirties is when I really kind of fit that bill, had no idea it was a thing. Um, but over the course of a few years, it, it started to take up more and more of my mind where it just kind of blacked out my thoughts and my future. And I was certain like the only future I had was suicide. I could, I, I, because I saw these things as getting worse and I, I couldn't live with that. So I stopped it. I just went into a complete black hole and I, um, I stopped going to school. I stopped going to work, and uh, it was like two weeks. And I was trying to figure out how to kill myself, and I couldn't figure out how to like get my cat. Like I was like, I can't leave my dead body with my cat. How am I gonna like have someone else? Like, can I just like ask someone to take my cat for a few days? And then like, but then they're gonna be suspicious. Like, how do you just say you know? So I was like, <laughs> couldn't quite figure it out, and. And so finally, you know, a close friend was like, I think it's time to see a psychiatrist. You know, I'd always kind of been dealing with depression over these things, but I always avoided medications because I wanted to kind of deal with it on my own. I wanted to get the root. I wanted to get to the root of things.
0: I'll notice that a lot of especially really intelligent human beings uh, feel like we can figure it out on our own. Yeah. Like, I don't need help. Like, I'll figure this out. Like, I, I run into that a lot and I felt like that for a long time. I don't know. I just, I guess I, I connect with that, you know, yeah. not, you know.
2: And, and you know, I, I only went on, you know, medication at that point did make sense because I was not functioning. I'm like, okay, now this makes sense. And it was, you know, I was hoping it was going to be a short term, thing. Um, but you know, the doctors were making it sound like you're going to have this the rest of your life. They put me on really high doses and it was like, no, you're going to be on this forever. And then I was on it for about five years when I was like, I, I'm just gonna, I got to get off this stuff. And I started slowly weaning like super slow over the course of two years and doing a a lot of therapy. And, um, and I've been off of meds since uh, January of 2012. So, um, But so meds are really great for like, I mean, I always tell people if you can, if you're in an extreme situation where you're dealing with something serious, like if you could find a really good doctor and a really good therapist and kind of have a goal of I'm going to really work on this issue over the course of a year, but the meds are going to help me do it because right now I don't want to work on anything. I'm too depressed, but the meds will help you get to a place of that most people aren't really willing to do the therapy that goes along with it. So people end up on meds longer.
0: Gotta but, do all of it.
2: Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's always going to come back, you mm-hmm. know, it's always gonna, it's always going to bite you in the ass. I see it as the meds help you be open to, uh, give you the strength to uh, learn the skills. Exactly. They give you the strength. Um, yeah. To do the work. Yeah. Ideally that's, that's the ideal. That's, that's, uh, Yeah man. Yeah. I, are you, I mean, I feel like this is so
0: personal. I'm asking a lot of you. I realize I admit. I mean, are you okay? Yeah, are you okay? I'm good.
2: I'm good. I'm okay. good. It's fun.
0: You, was you were mentioning that there were feelings coming up. Was really, yeah. So, Are you
2: okay? I can, um. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing to talk about. The fact that feelings are coming up. I mean, it's sort of a new thing for me. So, you know, I've been dealing with a cancer diagnosis for the past three years um and it's only you know that is what prompted me to do to start taking therapy even more seriously and and going much deeper with the work because before i i, I wasn't going as regularly mm-hmm. um and now like cancer sort of forced me to prioritize my mental and physical health and um And I also had a different therapist. I've the past three years, I've had kind of a bomb therapist who focuses on the underlying emotions. Whereas I feel like in the past, I've always worked with very analytical therapists where you're analyzing your thoughts and yeah, you're, you're, you're figuring things out, but until you start dealing with the feelings underneath and like, I didn't even know I had feelings underneath Yeah, you do. I do too. I I had no idea. And my therapist knew because she would point it out and she would see me like clenching my fist or like, or like holding my breath. And she'd be like, and she would point it out and she would like breathe and she'd be like, okay, what's the feeling under that? You know? And I'm like, I have no idea feeling. What are you talking about? And she's like, could it be grief? Could it be shame? And she would like point out these things and my mind would just go blank because it was foreign. (laughs) I mean, my whole My whole mechanic was, was to turn that shit off. So I was like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's taking me, it's taking me a while because I am so programmed to turn them off. So yeah. So feelings are coming up. And as we're talking about this and I'm a little bit more adjusted to allowing them, but speaking through them is sometimes difficult, though. This is kind of going okay so far. Okay. Yeah, excellent.
0: Yeah. I I marvel at humans. Like I f- I love humans, and we are so smart, but we are so stupid. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope at some point we can synthesize and make peace with the fact that our our intellectualizing brain. I mean, come on, this is a nerdy podcast. I'm, we're always talking about all these neat little t- tricks and tools and little bits of data that are cool and and, and, and analyzing way too much, really. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. Mm-hmm. But we do all that. And a lot of us do it to escape our feelings and we try and figure it all out in our front brain.
2: But really we've got to just feel our feelings. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's like there's, there's work that goes along with all that intellectual understanding. And that's what I feel like I was missing. So for so many years in therapy, whereas suddenly I have a third and I have my friend Sal where I do this sense memory work. And that's really helped me become aware of my feelings and allow them to come out. So Yeah, like there's a lot of people, they read self-help books Mm -hmm. and they get it intellectually, but they don't apply it and they don't do the painful, like physical labor of going, you know, and that's, (laughs) that's where the transformation comes in. And that's when you realize, oh, this is kind of a lifelong journey. This ain't going to happen overnight. Like there is no quick fix. and. But until you start applying it, you're never going to understand how it works and really get it and kind of want to do more and then be interested in that journey and that process, you know, yeah, we're talking know. about a lot of
0: stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, I realize we're just talking about body image, but it's all attached. Um, <laughs> but I will say that for me, the thing that really has helped is the faster I can sit in my feelings like and stop denying them. Yeah. The minute that I get better, like it's like I'm almost immediate. It's so yeah. weird. It's like, fuck, man, i got to sit in my feelings. I don't want to. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel them. And the minute I do, I'm like, oh, yeah. Look, look at me feeling that. All right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> look, at, look at me. Look at me yeah, feeling that like, thing. Yeah. I feel better, though. Yeah. What you. What you're making me think of, like, the minute you do it, you feel better. It reminds me of, like, what I was going through in my relationship, where I had a boyfriend who was completely averse to... Like when I was stressed out, he didn't know how to deal with it. He, he was, he didn't know how to handle my emotions. So he would kind of be one foot out the door and like, Oh, I'll come back when you're feeling better. And I'm (laughs) like, no, dude, you don't get it. If you would just come like one foot closer instead and like hold me and connect with me and like, let me just like completely unleash it for like 60 seconds or 30 seconds. Like the few times that we were able to do that I felt a thousand times better. We were so much closer and we had like the best night of our lives, <laughs> but because he is so habituated to, to run from that, it's like, we could never really get to the point of like being able to do that regularly. Cause I deal with a lot of stress, you know, and um, he just, you know, yeah, it was, it was too much, but that's what you just made me think of it.
0: Ah, so going into this next interview segment, um, I have to just admit, I alluded to it earlier. Um, you will hear me say how I wasn't bullied, um, when, about the way I looked, um, when she asks me, you, you'll, you'll know it when it happens in just a minute. But, um, after this interview that's about to come, uh, I started thinking about it more And while I didn't have issues really around my weight necessarily, where they're not like, it's not a huge issue. It's, I'm kind of like meh about my, my body. Um, but I was actually bullied around my face. Like I, this guy was awful to me. And because I had Asian features and kind of like a flatter face and a small nose. Like, I mean, I was pushed up against a wall and slapped and like all that. Yeah, I was, I mean, this kid was, um, this kid was suspended after he did this to me, but he'd been bullying a lot of girls apparently. But I had a really negative feeling about the shape of my face after I had this uh, kind of really, well, literally a violent uh, kind of attack um, that was Mm -hmm. also verbally abusive. And this was when I was twelve. I'm in seventh grade. Um, and so I remembered that. so I, even though I wasn't like continually bullied, I did have a really negative aggression experience around what I looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that even though it was clear that he was there was a problem with him and, and it went and he went away. although it was still creepy to see him around school when he came back, like it was mm-hmm. still like really like so I, it was weird. But the fact that I questioned my face for a long time after, Because of that. Like one instance of being bullied changed everything. Because people just generally didn't comment about my body. Like Mm. it just wasn't, I don't know. I was just kind of a weird kid. (laughs) Like people just sort of
2: (laughs) left me alone, I guess. I just think like we haven't really made the connection that we're talking about body and we're talking talking about feelings. And I think it's just important to make the connection that the feelings exist in the body. Oh, and that's, I mean, I'm not quite sure where it's like a major significant point. You know what I mean? Like that I, I, I don't really know, but I, I wish, um, yeah, it would be fun thing to explore, but you can probably just cut that out because no,
0: no, I'm leaving that. I'm leaving that in, but it has been touched on in the past Mm -hmm. on this show, Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. I think that's genius. Thank you for pointing that out. And just saying that is an important connection. That uh, when I first heard that, it was actually my very first conference I ever went to. I heard that in the first seminar within the conference. And I was like, oh, of course. And uh, yeah. Where do you feel your feelings? My you
2: know? favorite? Oh, you're, oh. That was uh, rhetorical. I mean, it was rhetorical, but
0: <laughs> you know, you know. I'm, I'm all gut. I'm all gut all the time. All the gut. Maybe some back. Mainly gut.
2: I don't know. Your fist yeah, clencher. Like where your feelings are? Yeah. Negative feelings, I suppose. Oh, okay. Yeah, mine, mine sh- you know, it depends. Mine shift. Like, And it depends on the moment. You know, mm-hmm. I might feel, you know, shame in my belly. I, mean, I definitely feel anger in my chest. I feel my powerlessness, like, in my throat. Um, yeah, yeah. And they all kind of feel differently.
0: Huh. That brings up something about like stuck emotion and power and finding your voice and deep throating.
2: <laughs> I feel like there's some sort of cross section. Oh, I'm so there. sure there is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, um, thank fine. you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, go team fun, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Elaine, you're wonderful. Ooh, Thanks, love Ellie. you. <laughs> But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, hi, everyone. Uh, Adam and Eve is determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom, and they're backing up that promise. Um, Check them out. Go to adamandeve.com, and you'll get 50% off almost any item when you enter the offer code SEXNERD at checkout. Hey, um, also, things have changed a little bit. It's kind of actually an upgrade right now because not only do you get 50% off almost anything, now they're giving out a free Big O kit, and the Big O kit includes their exclusive climax max gel and a mini vibe uh yeah you're getting get a free vibrator and some tingly gel that makes your genitals feel happy um you'll also get your entire order sent to you for free so hurry so hurry get on it get it sex nerd promo code sex nerd do you hear that sex nerd promo code sex nerd adamandeve.com do it it's fun and now back to our program i mean okay if we're going to talk about body image I guess technically we're kind of on right now right. I'm recording, right? Right. We're recording. Okay. So I think of it as a poster, like, Hey, like yourself, you are beautiful at any size. Woo. Like, I don't feel like it's really, it almost feels not worth an episode. But then I remember that we were at a, like some party, maybe at a conference and it was you, mean and someone else. Um, and I started talking because I'd been to a body image panel that Mm. you were on. Oh,
1: right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I was starting to think about how everyone on the panel was, you know, either, you know, fairly voluptuous Mm -hmm. or like clearly Asian or like something where it was just like, (laughs) you can't really hide. You just are the way you look. And then so you have to deal with the repercussions of that. Whereas I'm fairly, I mean, I'm not like super skinny by any means. Like I'm not like beach perfect like You're i'm petite but i am petite and i definitely fallen within the norms of, of beauty stuff so you know with a flowing t-shirt i can hide things that i don't like you know um but i started to think about how my body image affects me and i think of myself as actually having pretty healthy body image but then as we were talking i it just it occurred to me that because i can hide because i can just sort of get away with a lot i don't deal with the shit that someone who's who's bigger or black or whatever it is that feels outside the realm i don't have to i just hide it inside and i don't really think about it or but it's still there kind of eating at me Mm -hmm. so that was like it really intense so and i still kind of feel like ah, but it's body image whatever you're beautiful at the end but is that wrong? Cuz you've been, okay, you've been teaching the class big beautiful sex, Hi Lady Cheeky. Hi. L Chase.
1: Oh, hello Sandra. How are you?
0: Ladycheeky.com. Ladycheeky.com. Uh Smut slut. For,
1: <laughs> <laughs> slut for Smarties. That's a whole different site. <laughs> SmutforSmarties.com.
0: <laughs> Both sexy, <Yeah>. wonderful, sex positive <laughs> websites with erotica and uh, sexy things and et cetera. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me.
1: Break it down. What's okay. going on? So this is the deal. This is how I envisioned my my body image stuff in the um, big, beautiful sex class is that you can buy a book that tells you to look in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful. You can write affirmations on the wall. You can uh, repeat these things ad nauseum in your head, do all the frickin' journals you want to do. And that's all fine, but you're not going to believe it. Okay. And so how do you get to believe that there's nothing wrong with you? Let's not even think about beautiful yet. Let's just get that there's no, that, you're, that there's nothing flawed with you I- inherently, okay? There's nothing wrong with having a bigger body. There's nothing wrong with um, being in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There are sexy, um, sexual, uh, libidinous people everywhere, okay? You're looking at me weird um well i'm looking at you weird because i feel
0: like even what you're saying right now is a little too advanced for me no 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 listen it's real simple No, (laughs) because the way you're saying that it's first i'm like well is there something wrong because i i don't think of myself i don't seem to go through this stuff that a lot of women say that they go through around body image stuff because i i don't know i just sort of I hate to say manned up, but that's the only thing I can think of. Like,
1: <laughs> we understand. I've just gotten more
0: <laughs> verby instead yeah. of less noun mm-hmm. in my life.
1: Um, sucked it up.
0: Yeah, I kind of just sucked it up and was like, whatever.
1: Yay. Well, I'm sure when you were younger, you were, uh, I don't know, maybe you weren't teased or bullied or something, poked fun at. I was not
0: generally made fun of as a kid, Ooh. so I don't have that trauma. But I also went to Catholic school, mm. and— I and I was in dance classes, so I remember in kindergarten thinking I needed to take like, go on a diet. Right, and I was the chubby kid. Kindergarten, yeah, kindergarten, kindergarten, yeah, yeah, definitely, and and things like. You know the beach body thing. So then I started to have this concept that the magazines would tell me that, oh, I need to get into my beach body. You, so I need to change
1: you know. my body to prepare for summer. I don't even like the beach. But that's not the point. Um, that's, that's enough as it is. You grew up in Santa Monica. like I grew yep. up in Santa Monica, right? So, oh, yeah. That's crazy. So, um, so if you weren't tan and athletic and going to the beach at Lifeguard 26, you know, every weekend, then you already had a hurdle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So God forbid you should be at all different. Mm-hmm. God forbid, at least in my day, um, you know, black, because you you know you never saw black people on the beach. You never mm-hmm. saw African American me- people on the beach. They were just were not accepted mm-hmm. for some reason in that era, um, which is just awful. Yeah, even right now when I shop for
0: clothing, mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting into online shopping. I was telling you before yeah. we started. I just bought these <laughs> boots that I really like, um, but I can't online shop for clothing because I'm curvy and I can't figure out how clothes are going to fit on me because I'm realizing most, if not all of the most, most of the sites have white women who are often blonde with very straight, like boyish body shapes. I'm not against that no. body shape. It's just that I have no idea what my ass is going to look in, like in those pants.
1: Yes. And then even more importantly, what are the fit models for those for those types of clothes? And every company has a different size profile and mm-hmm. everyone – no, there are so many people in this country that are uh, larger and yet there are no popular clothing lines or mm-hmm. – Uh, Cool clothing lines for those people Mm -hmm. that can make a ton of money, but they don't do it. Oh yeah, I've had partners who are. I mean, at least at least women have Lane Bryant. I mean, I have had
0: partners who are male and big, and it is hard. I mean, you have like what two corporations that control all like. Mm -hmm big and tall clothing yeah. stores. It's
1: ridiculous. It's insane. I mean, it's America for crying out loud. Right. It's... um. Everyone has a phone. You can't express yourself. you just try to cover your body. Okay, so we went yeah. straight into clothing. Okay, so let's get back to the point. The okay, point sorry, is... No, sorry. No, no, no. Uh, feelings. No, no. So, so here's the deal. So you just want to get to a point where you don't feel like you're inherently flawed. Okay. So you can walk outside and not feel like people are pointing at you or you're less than or you can't speak up mm-hmm. in the meeting or you can't go to the party because people will think that you are stupid or ugly or whatever because this is what I grew up with, right? So what you have to get to is is a nice neutral. Okay. We're just looking for a neutral here, you know? So and not saying something bad about yourself to yourself. Because that is the thing that will really get you spiraling. Negative
0: self-talk, that mantra that comes up over and over again. I, I talk negative in my head about my body every day.
1: Every day. And you don't have the same issues that, say, you know, a a 300-pound girl has. You know what I mean? Who presumably. walks down the street. Presumably. But let's just say for sake of argument, right? So, uh, for instance, when I walk down the street, if I'm not feeling in my body like a good, sexy person, I am always aware that people are looking at me judging me. Okay. This is what I grew up with, right? Are you is that literally
0: happening or is that just your awareness of the world? or are you just your feeling of what's happening?
1: Well, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Okay? Okay? Because at the end of the day it shouldn't matter. But something had happened in my life to make me feel like people were judging me and pointing fingers. So it must have happened in high school, which it did. And you know, we all have that stuff, blah blah blah, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to get to a point where you're not you're not feeling like that, where you can leave your house and go shopping and have that not matter to you. You can have the idea pop into your head and notice it and let it go away. And one of the ways to do that is to consciously make a conscious effort not to judge other people. Mm-hmm. Because when we're judging other people we see on the street, and we all do it, I do it, I do it mm-hmm. still, um, it's because we're not feeling great. Okay.
0: So let's talk about the things that we judge other people for, mm-hmm. or I, I'm going to talk about the things that I might might pop in my head where I go, ah, oh, Sandra, like, let's be more kind. <laughs> yeah. But okay, one, there's when people groom nicely versus when they kind of just aren't really taking care of themselves, you know. And and the, the, I mean, I love comfy clothing, mm-hmm. so it's not like I'm not a fashionista by any choice. Even though right now I'm really into shoes, but that's because I like boots, um, fetish. Probably not, but I might notice someone that I've known who has gained weight, Mm -hmm. and to me visually, I think I just sort of my gut reaction is, oh, they don't look as healthy as they were before.
1: Yeah, and so, but I I feel like that might be a learned response. I mean, I don't know what my animal. Well, here's something. I just spoke to someone the other day, a friend of mine who is in town from Vancouver, and she is itty bitty. She does CrossFit. She is like itty bitty and just built like a brick shit house, right? Whoa, was I not supposed to say shit? Uh, no, yeah, okay. I did. No, no, you can say oh, okay, yeah. that. But she's—I mean, she's great. I mean, it's just all she does it because it makes her feel good, whatever. But she went through a hard time, and she just wasn't—you know—she wasn't eating as much, but she was perfectly healthy. She is—I mean, when I say tiny, she could gain a few pounds. She is. She is that tiny. Make like her bones She's kind of bony. Not bony, but she is all muscle. All muscle and super tiny, like kind of like Madonna in that way. Okay. You know? So uh, she lost some weight and someone said to her, God, you look great. Did you lose weight? Mm -hmm. So she's saying to me, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't at a healthy weight. And -hmm. people are looking at me saying, God, uh, you look great. Have you lost some weight? It's all learned behavior. Yeah, people don't say anything
0: when you gain weight, but then they all give you compliments when you lose weight.
1: Exactly. It's so awful. what does that say? Yeah. Oh. Or, oh, God, you look healthy. Did you get a tan? Did you go to Hawaii? Did you get a tan? No, mm-hmm. I was outside for a little bit. I was gardening. Mm-hmm. You know? So what's wrong with pale? Or, you know what I mean? There's always something that's built into the compliment, air quotes, that uh, you lost weight. It's but that thing hidden. Is,
0: are you saying that people shouldn't compliment? Because... If I am finding myself more attracted to a person because something has changed in their visual appearance, does that mean I shouldn't pay them a compliment, or or is it absolutely. the style of compliment? Style is it, of compliment. So what's a so if someone I've noticed has lost weight and I'm like, oh wow, they're looking pretty good right now. What would be a healthy way to say that so that I'm not telling them that you looked awful before, or, or like you look great today.
1: You look really, really, really great today. I'm really liking this. Whatever's going on for you right here is really, really great. So that's good. You just don't, not specific because at the end of the day, they just look good to you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, who knows what their internal struggle is whether they wanted to gain weight, whether they wanted to lose weight, whether they feel bad about themselves or good. You just look really good today. I really like how you came out, you know? A couple weeks ago,
0: I was getting really exfoliating. So like I was like sloughing off. I think I was using some sort of like rough cloth and I was uh, like skin cells on my face. So like, and I moisturized and then I put a little bit of blush on. So I just had that kind of like, ah, just just the glow of youth, you know, and I went to a party and I had a bunch of friends there and I got a lot of compliments like, and I think some people thought I had lost weight and, but I knew that I hadn't, I'm at the heaviest that I've been in 10 years right now yeah it's not enough that anyone would be like damn girl or anything it's just more like um i would never know things are fitting differently yes. etc um, but it was interesting because i felt a little disappointed that i hadn't gained weight but like i'd kind of cheated <laughs> it was just this weird thing
1: anyway i'm it's not about me but <laughs> but it is sometimes like what would I, you say to your best friend who had a horrible acne problem and then she goes to the doctor and gets some Accutane or whatever, and it clears up for her. Would you say, gosh, you look gr- your skin looks so much better? No, you say, you look really great. How do you feel? Okay. All um right. You know, it's... Uh, and then what somebody looks like also mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily translate into what is sexy. Good versus looking sexy? Looking... Feeling a- feeling attractive, mm-hmm. feeling okay with yourself versus feeling sexy. Oh, those are two different feelings. Two different feelings. And knowing that you're sexy mm-hmm. and not feeling good about yourself can coexist. What? Totally How do you, do, you do that one? I'll tell you how. Oh. <laughs> so if we don't feel good with their bodies, I'm going to talk about me for a second. Okay. I'll use me as an example. Please do. I am I'm a big girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up this way. I'm not used to my body being like this. I'm often uncomfortable in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still feel sexy. So when I wake up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I feel like duty mm-hmm. and I don't want to leave the house Doody. because I am so fetid looking. That, um, But if I tap in to that sense of sensuality that I've experienced, that I know is there, then it gives me an extra boost of confidence. It has huh. nothing to do with what I look like. It's my energy. And I can speak from experience because that's all I have is that it, it is all about your acceptance of your sexuality mm-hmm. and your sensuality, which again, two different things. And and really relying on that, because at the end of the day, that is what matters. If you're in bed with somebody and they are pointing out your flaws, get out of bed. Yeah, yeah, leave. Get the hell out of bed. Don't because... forget your shoes. <laughs> exactly. Get out of there. exactly. Don't slam the door on your way out or do. Um, <laughs> but if someone's thinking about that when they're with you, then you don't want to be with them because it's going to be a bad experience. I'll tell you right now. They're not looking at that. Usually nine okay. times out of 10. They're not looking at that. They want to be there with you. Yes, it's true. They are attracted to you. They want to have sex with you. They want to touch you. They want to make out with you. And there are some people who are attracted to certain body types, and that's fine. Some people aren't attracted to me. They don't like my body type. Great, that's fine. Go find someone that that makes you happy. There are some people that are attracted to me because of my body type, and then there are some people that are attracted to me because they're just attracted to me, (laughs) right? So if you even think about going back into your own dating history. The men that you've dated, or the women that you've dated, um, I bet you they all kind of look different. No one really has a type. Um some, you know about me or people listening? Just people listening.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You're, you totally, she silently pointed at <laughs> I me. I kind of pointed at her. Well, I showed you my collage of exes, right? Okay. yes. Okay. So
1: they all but look <laughs> everybody looks different, mm-hmm. and that's the spice of it all. I mean, if we all dated somebody that we said, oh, you know, i am into the guys that look like, you know, for me, it was David Duchovny. So that dates me. But, um, but. Hey, uh, Rock Hudson. Hey. 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 Oh, why don't we even go further back? John Barrymore. <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is. Uh, why were you attracted to them? There was some sort of energy. There was a connection. Like we mm-hmm. were talking about it at some point with when you look at somebody. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going off on a tangent
0: no it's not it's about the sensuality it's not what they look like it's mm-hmm. about that energy um, I'm I, two things mm-hmm. forgot one of them One. Of, uh, the other one was uh, sensuality versus sexuality Said so those are two different things but if you're saying you can feel bad about how you look but also feel s- sexy and I like that it, sensual, it's how, you know, I can experience taste and sense and, and, and orgasm and, and I, a sensual creature, I think five senses, I think the, I think of verbs. The verbs. I think of doing, yeah, I've been thinking I've I think in terms of like, uh, be a verb, not a noun. Because right. I tend to just sit around and think. So mm-hmm. like, verb it up, Sandra. Verb it up. Stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Go do something. Yeah. So, and you know, the ability to look nice in a picture isn't necessarily going to, plenty of people look great in pictures. And are great in bed and great in central, but a lot of people look great in a picture. And the minute they
2: start moving, it's like... You're just... No, not
0: for me. Um,
1: And there are many people that you wouldn't think are particularly attractive. Who are magnetic. Yes. And charismatic. And you want nothing more than to sit across the table from them and listen to them speak. Um, That is... That is... That's the energy. But the difference between sex, feeling sexy and feeling sensual. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a thing on my site that it's... uh, uh, Which site? uh, Mm -hmm. Lchase.com. L-L-E-C-H-A-S-E dot com. Dot com. And it says, if sex is food, this is the analogy, if sex is food, then sensuality um, is flavor. So... Whoa. You can have sex. You can have sex many different ways, right? You can be in love and have sex. You can have sex hanging from a chandelier at Burning Man on top of a table in a bed. Okay. Okay. But the sensuality, the individual sense of sensuality that you bring to each Congress, as it were, (laughs) um, is the flair. It is like when you see uh, me play the piano Mm. next to, say, a virtuoso piano player. Someone's going to be better. Or even less so, let's just say you have two fantastic concert pianists next to each other, equally matched in skill. They're going to play it a little bit different. And you might hear something you like in one of them. This is sexuality? This is sensuality. Oh,
0: sensuality. Oh, I thought we're, sorry, I got lost in the food metaphor. Oh, sorry. Uh, Where sensuality is the flavor, but now we're saying that sensuality is also the
1: flair. Well, the flavor is the flair, as far as I'm concerned. So if you just have a piece of bread, it's a piece of bread. But if you put a little cinnamon on it, and some honey, and a little Mm. butter, you've got Uh. some cinnamon bread. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, And sometimes you just want to have just a plain old piece of bread. But sometimes, you you to You want to hump the cinnamon bread. You want to... You want to violate that cinnamon bread in Mm. many different ways. Poke a hole in in that cinnamon (laughs) bread. Um, So, food metaphor, what is sexuality? Sexuality is the the basic, the basic instinct, the horniness. Oh, I
0: see. Sexuality is laid over.
1: Yes. Yes. Sexiness. Sex is the act. It is the the part of life that we are drawn to. It is our instinct. It is. It's the hot dog and the the relish and the ketchup. The sensuality. There you go. There you go. So and everyone has their own sense, and it is made up of life experience. Mm -hmm. And so, what has turned you on or made you feel sensual before in your twenties might not be the same in your Mm thirties. And I think what a lot of people who concentrate a lot on their body as their source of sexiness Mm -hmm. have lost is that it was never in their body to begin with. Ooh! It's never on your body to to begin with. Where is it? It's in your brain. Oh! It's how you think of yourself. Okay, and. There are no quick fixes. There's no, no, you know, you can't look in the mirror every day and say, I'm beautiful and blah, 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 and have it work. And even at your best, you're going to feel like shit some days. Mm-hmm. You just are. But when you have built a base of just knowing yourself sexually and knowing what you like. Through a lot of masturbation. A lot. Touching yourself. No, I'm totally serious. Yes. Full body. Full but Touching yourself, experimenting with yourself, experimenting with lovers. Yoga. Yoga, (laughs) hot yoga, Um, tantric (laughs) yoga. Um, I did an exercise for sexological body work for Charlie Glickman, where he had me masturbate in front of a mirror. Now, I have body image issues. We all do. And nine times out of ten, I'm fine. But this was a hard one, man, because I had to sit naked in front of a mirror and watch myself as I got turned on and watch myself orgasm. It's not as easy as it sounds, because the minute you sit there and you watch yourself, at least I am picking out all my flaws. Oh, my God, my stomach's big. Oh, my God, you can see my veins. Yeah. I'm so pale. And it gets in the way of your turn on. So I went back to Charlie and I was like, oh, that was just so hard. I, I I mean, I, I just I couldn't get off. I couldn't do anything. It was crazy. So he basically told me to sort of, you know, make it more more sexy for me and Mm -hmm. turn down the lights and all of that which I didn't even think about which makes perfect sense right (laughs) like what an idiot so uh, I made it real sexy and real nice and I put music on that I liked everything that always sort of sets the mood for me Mm -hmm. and as I sat in front of the mirror and looked at myself I did my own freaking exercises that (laughs) that I teach which is being neutral Mm -hmm. if I can't say something nice about myself I'm going to say something neutral so there you are you're naked this is how you came out today. Oh. <laughs> you have red hair. And like I say in my class, you know, my mother always said I had nice nail beds. And mm. so <laughs> you, can, you can tell me anything about myself, but you can't tell me I have ugly nail beds. So I'll say, oh, you have lovely nail beds. And it began to them. serve.
0: Oh, these are so very nice. Oh, thank you. They're even better when
1: they're clean and painted. Um, so I was actually able to get turned on despite not being okay huh. with what I was seeing because it became less important to me. I saw myself as just who I am. That's just what I look like. This is how I came out today. You put me in a 350 oven for 20 minutes and I came out looking like this. And that's just the way it is. It's just fact. And it has nothing to do with how I can turn myself on or what a great orgasm I can have mm-hmm. or how I'm going to touch myself. Mm-hmm. Um, There's nothing wrong with me coming from from
0: the beginning. There's nothing wrong with me. Oh, I guess for (laughs) me. Okay. Well, because I know that the reason why I'm heavier, that clothing is fitting differently, that right now just things have changed. And I keep saying that it's temporary. I'll get back to that weight or whatever, which is stressful. And you you have a knowing look is I, I feel guilt as to the the ways that I did not take care of myself. Mm. And that led to this point. So do you have
1: anything to say for that? I do. Oh, um, if you're feeling guilt about how you didn't take care of yourself, then take care of yourself now by not feeling guilty. Oh, I don't like that one. I know it's hard, but you know (laughs) what? It doesn't do you any good. Okay. And it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, your life isn't threatened because you've gained five, 10 pounds or Mm -hmm. whatever it is you've gained. You may have gained 20. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Um, and again, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And when you get down to the weight that you're most comfortable at, you'll remember this. And you'll go, oh, I felt bad because I didn't take care of myself. I want to take care of myself now. Mm-hmm. But don't feel guilty about it. Just start taking care of yourself now. Start and don't, from today. Start from don't, today, don't damn it. Don't regret Don't regret that it and start taking care of yourself. Like, what would you have done back then to make you feel better? And in addition, absolutely do not beat yourself up for what you're doing. That even... That makes it everything worse. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> I'll edit that one out. <laughs> it, um, I had a really major, actually, self-image um, upgrade mm. when I was 13.
1: Ooh, tell me about that.
0: Uh, you're 13. You're in eighth grade. You're graduating, going to high school the next year mm-hmm. or so, and you live in a beach community. So, of course, people are going celebrating at the beach a lot. Right. So I go out and I get my bathing suit, which was difficult anyway. And I'm walking onto the beach and like, we're all in the van, all my friends, we're all ready to get to the beach. And we get out to the beach, we're coming out. And every so often in conversation, I would say like, ah, oh, I look so awful in this bathing suit. Like, ah, oh, like, oh, I, just, I just was expressing, I was self-deprecating a lot mm-hmm. and, and drawing attention to my, dis- like, I was just expressing myself, but... I had no sense at that time of how much I was just calling attention to something like that. I yeah. just, I was so stuck in my head. Yeah. I had no idea. Finally, my good friend, I think Diana, she's she just like, Sandra, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. So true. And I just stopped and I and I realized how much I didn't, because I was just sort of like just oozing yeah. my insecurity. I had no idea how much I was just doing that to my friends. And I, I was like, oh, right. No one cares. You nobody all, cares. N- nobody
1: cares. Everybody's thinking about their own stuff. Yeah. I used to say that to my husband when I was married. He wouldn't want to go to work because he had a zit or something like that. And I'd say, no, one's, no one cares about you. No one's looking at your face. They're all worried about their face. <laughs> so just go. Get in the car. Go get a Starbucks and go mm-hmm. to work. And it's yeah. true. And it is an epiphany when someone tells you that. And if you're aware enough and awake enough, which sounds like you were at an early age, like 13 that's a huge lesson to learn isn't it well i'm so appreciative of yes. a friend just being like no i don't thank care. god yeah. she called you on your shit yeah that <laughs> was good you know what i mean yeah i mean that's a good friend
0: yeah which is weird because you think of that as like something like no you shouldn't do that you right? should always be nice and you should always be positive to your friends but now something's just like no no no
1: yeah. no calling them on their shit is always the most important thing in the world <fuego drama> I, I think Thank you for coming out and talking to me about this. Thank you for having me, for crying out loud. You're welcome. Aww.
0: Aww. Thanks for doing the good work. I've definitely told some people about your work. Thank and, you. And I've learned stuff from you. Thank you. Around positive body image, yeah. so.
1: As I have learned from you. Um, just, oh, yeah, so you came to my blowjob? No, oh, my female I've, pleasure class. I've, come to, I've gone to your blowjob. I've come to your class as well. But I've, I've, I've gone to your blowjob class. I've gone to a lot of your classes, actually. Whoa. 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 And actually, you'll have a chance to go to mine if you're free on May 14th at the Pleasure Chest. Okay. I just got booked. <gasps> the body image class? Body image class, Big Beautiful Sex at the Pleasure Chest on uh, May 14th at 8 p.m. And right. then at Good Vibrations <gasps> in, uh, in, San Francisco? in San Francisco, on Polk Street on June 5th. And I'll be at Body Storytelling, telling the story about the cape <laughs> on the 4th of June. Very right. cool. Where can people find you in the world? Uh LadyCheeky.com, smutforsmarties.com, and lchase dot right. Uh Twitter, LadyCheeky. All right. And it's a picture of her cleavage. It is. It's my fabulous boobs. It's pretty great. Yeah. Anyway.
0: <laughs> well. Thank you. And I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go team fun.
2: <laughs> ah. <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com.